Thanks for joining us for another inspiring message from Elevate Church in Perth, Australia. For more information about Elevate Church or to contact us, head to our website, elevatechurch.me and take us wherever you go by downloading our Elevate Church AU app, available wherever you download your apps. Welcome to week two of our series, Do You Even Lift? And uh, it's very difficult to say that without adding a bro on the end. I get it. So feel free to do that. But this phrase comes out of the gym, the weightlifting, the bodybuilding kind of world, which if you've ever been a member of a gym or maybe you currently are a member of a gym and you attend, uh, you will understand what I'm about to tell you. Gyms are very unique ecosystems. They are a slice of the world that you will not find the same cross-sectional slice anywhere else. There are some characters in gyms all around the world that you will not even find them outside of the gym. They become this kind of thing inside the gym. One of said characters is a character I like to call the seagull. You can spot the seagull in your gym because this is what he's got going on. He is wearing a singlet and sweatpants. And right there should be a clue that there's something more going on than just temperature regulation. Because if you've got a singlet on, it suggests that it's obviously hot. But that doesn't explain the sweatpants. But if you've got sweatpants on, then it's obviously cold, but that doesn't explain the singlet. Well... Here's what's actually going on. The guy that you're seeing with the singlet and the sweatpants, who's probably got a mullet, uh, or as the French like to call it, a mullet, he is doing that because he always skips leg day. That's the reason that he, he's on the lat pull-down machine, he's working the seated row, he's doing the inclined bench, but he's not even aware that his gym has a leg press machine and a squat rack. So when you see him next time, and you will, you can ask him, do you even squat, bro? And because he's so top heavy, hence the seagull uh, analogy, he will never catch you. He will actually fall over in pursuit of you, and you're fine. Here's a question. Have you ever done anything dumb? Yeah, all right. Come on now. Yeah, okay, yeah. Well, it might come as a surprise to you, but uh, I too have done some. Yeah, I know, I know, but it's true. I've done, well, okay, fair enough. I get it. I've done one dumb thing in my life. <laughs> one dumb thing a day, actually, is the truth be told. For example, I mean, I was like, I'll tell example. I'm like, man, if, narrowing in on one example. Oh, that was the toughest part of my week this week. So pick one, sheesh. It's a long list. Quite a history. When I was 15, living in High Wycombe, about 15 minutes from here, my next-door neighbour, 14-year-old next-door neighbour, and I, 15-year-old Mark, decided that we were going to spend the day cycling across to Midland Gate on our BMX bikes uh, to shoplift. 
Um, we didn't have any items in mind. We didn't actually need anything. It was just the actual act of shoplifting that kind of got our propeller spinning. And so off we went, and we dressed appropriately. Back then, T-shirt up top, but uh, you could buy um, army pants. And army pants are characterized by having like big uh, pockets, lots of storage, like the Swiss army pants of the pant world. And... Uh, <clears throat> So we both had a pair of them on for extra storage. We didn't take money because you don't need money when you go into shoplift, obviously. <laughs> Left our wallets at home. And we cycled across to Midland Gate. And uh, I, I put, okay, some of you are going to be with me on this. I put a pink T-shirt, the brand Crystal Cylinders. Come on, anybody remember Crystal Cylinders? Yep, one of Kmart's all-time leading surf brands. Selling them in Midland, but it's for surfers. A pink Crystal Cylinders t-shirt in the side pocket of the army pants and uh, walked outside. What I didn't know is that Kmart have people who their job is to actually move around the store and look out for kind of 15-year-old boys and their 14-year-old neighbor who kind of walk up and down an aisle. And then at one point, they disappear <laughs> and then they reemerge. And they think they're trained to suggest that person is probably shoplifting. So when we walked out of the store, because they can't approach you in the store because you haven't actually boosted it until you walk out of the store, and we walked out of the store and the long arm of the rental cop uh, grabbed my shoulder and said, uh, mind showing us what's in your pocket? And I said, well, I mind, but I'm guessing that wasn't a question. <laughs> and he said, no, it was not a question. And I showed him my pink crystal. I had no intention of wearing a pink T-shirt when I was a 15-year-old boy. It just wasn't my speed, but I just was, we were there to boost something, and I boosted that. And uh, he called the cops, and the cops promised not to call my mom. And we got to the station, and they called my mom. And <laughs> anyway. Now, here's the thing. I have to take and do take 100% responsibility for my actions. Okay, when, when you do dumb stuff, you have to take 100% responsibility for my actions. However... The reality of the dynamic is that my decision was in part influenced by somebody else. And that story from me and maybe some of the decisions you've made about the person you dated that later, you know, seemed like such a good idea at the time and later you discovered it was not such a good idea. The thing you bought, the job you took, some of those dumb decisions, though you have to take 100% responsibility for them, chances are you may have been influenced by somebody else. And that's the dynamic of our lives, that each of us have other people in our lives that influence us to various extents. In fact, one of the most poignant statements that I've ever read is, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. That our close circle has such an enormous part to play in the direction the trajectory, the, the, the pace, and ultimately the effectiveness of our lives. And so today I want to
talk about elevating our influence. And uh, if you've got our app, you can tap on the Bible title. It's going to take you to something that Paul wrote. And we're actually, for these three weeks of our Do You Even Lift series, are just going to be taking a slice from a letter that Paul wrote each week, drilling into that. And Paul was one of the big deals in the early church. He would go around launching churches and he would write them encouragement and instructions and sometimes slap them on the wrist for stuff. In this case, he wrote a letter to the church in Rome. Now, he didn't actually launch that church, uh, but he very much took an active interest in their future. And uh, this was a letter that he wrote. And in, in what's now called chapter 12, um, there's some really great, great, great stuff. And I want to airdrop us into that this morning. Paul wrote to them, living then, as every one of you does, in pure grace, it's important that you do not misinterpret yourselves as people who are bringing this goodness to God. No, God brings it all to you. The only accurate way to understand ourselves is by what God is and by what God does for us, not by what we are and what we do for Him. And in this way, we are like the various parts of the human body. Each part gets its meaning from the body as a whole, not the other way around. The body we're talking about is Christ's body of chosen people. We call it the church. Each of us finds our meaning and function as part of his body. Paul uses this very easy to understand metaphor that the church that Jesus launched is a body and that just like a human body, Jesus' body, the church, has many parts, and we actually find our meaning and our function in the context of the body, in the context of the church. And this is why I regularly and unapologetically tell people, you need to follow Jesus for yourself. It's not good enough that your parents were a Christian, your grandparents are a Christian, your neighbors are Christian, your spouse is a Christian, your, your kids are, No, you need to follow Jesus for yourself, but you cannot effectively follow Jesus by yourself. He didn't set it up that way. He never set it up that way. I was pre- preaching at a church a couple of weeks ago and I said to them, you know, oh, you, well, the, the guys in the room right now, they're saying, oh yeah, not me, not me, mate. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a lone wolf. And, Listen, no, you're not. Jesus tells you different. He actually instructs us, makes you understand. You know, if you're trying to follow him by yourself, you're not a lone wolf. You're a lone sheep. And the devil, just like you and me, good Aussies, he loves to have lamb for lunch. Jesus never set it up that way. He set it up that we would follow him in the context of community, in the context of his church, that we would find meaning and fulfillment in the church. Now, here's the thing. Sometimes we can maybe take that too far and get so immersed in the church that we actually kind of become like the boy in the bubble. And we live inside this culture where it's got its own language and its own dress code and its own branded coffee mugs and, you know, just stuff that, 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 that has increasingly is kind of withdrawn from the so-called real world. That's not what Jesus calls us to either. Because the reality is that whilst as a church, we need to be influencing one another positively. And there should be a clue as to why that matters by the fact that we are called Elevate Church. That as a church, that that it's our job to get with the people who are part of the body and elevate them. 
speak life into them, speak hope into them, speak future into them, speak the promises of God into them, pray for them, encourage them. When they fall in a ditch, get down in the ditch with them and help them to get back up as a community. That's it. Elevate. That's what God calls us to. to, to do you even lift? Yeah, I do. However, our influences aren't limited to church people. We have to actually interact with people who don't believe what we believe, with people who don't value what we value, who, with people who don't have the same true north that we have. In fact, it's called the other 167, that we gather for an hour here on a Sunday and the other 167 hours of the week, we're likely to bump up against some not church people. Hopefully. And some of them will have an influence on your destiny. And if for that to be the sort of influence on your destiny that God would want for you, we've actually got to, and I want us to take a little bit of time to evaluate our influences. Chances are you've got some people in your world that it's kind of like, maybe like on a sliding scale. Chances are you've got some people in your world that have a level of negative influence on you. That their influence in your life is not actually pointing you and encouraging you and leading you towards God's best for you. That, that's possible. Some of you, and moving the scale along, would have people in this bandwidth that are kind of neutral. Like they know that you believe that God's got something best for you and they're not getting in the way, but they're not actively encouraging you and helping you move forward either. And then hopefully you've got some people who have very much a positive influence on where God's calling you to be. And that, that's kind of normal. It's kind of standard. However, there's a book uh, came out recently called Change Anything, The New Science of Personal Success. And the authors, you can see there's a bunch of them, the authors of this, The New Science of Personal Success, they rate other people as the number one factor that determines whether people will actually achieve success in their life or not. Of all the factors that are in play, they rank other people as the number one factor. And they make the claim that a lot of people don't successfully achieve the change they want, not because they're weak, but because they're blind. Blind to the influence that other people have on their lives. And they actually draw up three categories of people, fans, hecklers, and coaches. And here's the way this dynamic works. If you are not charting a course for new, if you're not charting a course for better, if you're not charting a course for more of what God's got for you, if you're just happy to maintain the status quo, if you're happy just to, to, to copy and paste one day to the next, one month to the next, one year to the next, and kind of forget that with God there's always more because I, I prefer my comfort zone, thanks. If that's the decision you've made, not to change anything, these 
three groups of people aren't actually even in play. They exist, but they're neutralized. Because if you're not changing anything, you, you don't need fans. Because no you don't need anyone to cheer you on to sit on the couch. Good job. Way to Netflix. No, it just, you're just on the couch, mate. You don't need fans. You won't get hecklers because the people around you, they like you as you currently are. That's why they're around you. So if you're not changing anything, they'll just stay quiet. Like, whatever. And then you certainly don't need coaches. Coaches, <laughs> you don't need a coach if you're doing what you've always done because you're good at it. These three groups show up. Now, by the way, they, they are already in your life, but they reveal which category they're in if and when you decide to change. If and when you decide to change, you don't have to, you don't have to announce it, just kind of do it. But they'll notice, and the fans will notice, and they say, man, boy, you've changed. I like it. Good job. Keep going. How can I encourage you? How can I pray for you? How can I speak life in you? Is there anything I can, I can do for you that's gonna help you keep going with this? It's amazing. Boy, wow, fantastic. Now they were already there, but they, they weren't cheering you because you weren't doing anything. But now, oh, oh yeah. So I love me some fans. But then the hecklers will show up. Well, they won't show up. They're already there. But they'll reveal themselves. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, I have to do it in Aussie accent because we're pretty good at this. Yeah, I had a mate that tried that once. It didn't work for him. Probably won't work for you. Oh, yeah, yeah. You said that last year. Huh. Oh, I know where you're from. I know the family you grew up in. You're just kidding yourself, mate. They're heckless. They were already there, but now they've revealed themselves. And then this is probably the one that's least likely to show up and more about you pursuing is coaches. One of the, I don't really like cliches. Uh, most of them are wrong. <laughs> For example, experience is the best teacher. Has anyone heard that one before? It's wrong. It's wrong. It's, it's actually silly. Why would you have to experience everything yourself for the first time, be your own crash test dummy, when there's people all around you who have actually gone ahead of you? And yeah, experience is the best teacher, but it doesn't have to be your experience. <laughs> you, you can actually learn from someone else and save yourself a bit of pain and a few bruises along the way. Learn how to ask good questions. Have a, have a high question to statement ratio in your life. Some people even ask me questions every now and then. They're not all good. This is one. <laughs> I don't know what you think, but... And I'm like, that's not a question. <laughs> that's... But coaches, you might have to pursue. But God would want them to be a part of your journey. So we need to dial up the fans. And we don't always need to dial up the number of fans. We sometimes just need to tune our ear more towards them and just dial out the hecklers. Because sometimes the hecklers, God would actually want us to stay in proximity with them. But to just lower 
the volume to kind of increase the filter about what you allow in. And that that relationship becomes more about who's influencing who. And that God would have you and they just say dumb stuff and, 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 and try to hold you back and, and pull you down. And you go, you know what? I'm going to focus on the fans and I'm going to listen to the coaches. And the hecklers, God, use me to help show them that there's something better. That lifting people up is better than pulling people down. In your family, in your workplace. And then Paul continues with this body metaphor. But as a chopped off finger or cut off toe, we wouldn't... (laughs) It's like so gross. We wouldn't amount to much, would we? I guess not. So since we find ourselves fashioned into all these excellently formed and marvelously functioning, this is you he's talking about. It's pretty good. You want to wear a label? People like put labels on you. Here, here's one. Here's another. Paul. Paul put this label on you, the church. You're excellently formed. And you're marvelously functioning. I got a bit of man flu today. I'm not necessarily marvelously functioning, but I've had some people pray for me that I will make it through these 30 minutes. Man flu. Stop looking at me derisively. Women, you've no idea. Let's just go ahead and be what we were made to be without enviously or pridefully comparing ourselves with each other or trying to be something we aren't. To elevate our influence, it's not only about us evaluating our influences, but also the opportunity to elevate our influence. That there's two sides of the coin going on here. Uh, When I was in my early 20s, I was raised in the Catholic Church. And uh, when I was in my early 20s, I transitioned over a three-year period. I'm a pretty loyal guy. Over a three-year period, I transitioned out of the Catholic Church and over to Riverview Church, which is just around the corner. And the reason I transitioned, like, here's the thing. Riverview Church had much better teaching than the Catholic Church. Catholic Church had um, uh, Reverend Lovejoy and Riverview Church didn't. Uh, The music was better. I could have actually passed the audition for the music team at the Catholic Church. And that's not a good thing. The bar is exceptionally low. (laughs) The reason I transitioned is that the model of the Catholic Church is attend and observe. And that's an observation. It's not a criticism. It's an observation. That's the experience, and that's the model. Attend and observe. And there's a guy up the front with a dress, and he does the stuff. And, and we turn up, and we watch him do the stuff. And then we leave. And I had, this, I had this splinter in my mind that surely there's more to following Jesus than attend and observe. And I started reading the Bible. Who knew that God actually lays some stuff out for us to answer questions we have about life in the Bible. Who knew? I didn't know. Catholic Church, not big on the Bible. They're not. Observation, not criticism. Not encouraged necessarily to dig deep into the Bible for yourself. But I started doing that, and I discovered that actually, I started reading this sort of stuff. That I'm a part of the body, and I have actually have a place that's meant to be marvelously functioning, not attending and observing. 
And so I transitioned. Yeah, the teaching was better and the music was better. Actually, I transitioned from the Catholic Church to Riverview Church because there was opportunities for me to personally contribute. That was the gold ticket. And I went there and I punched that ticket. I I joined the youth team because I thought I want to be a fan and maybe one day even a coach for some high school kids. And I did that for years and on and on the, the, the journey went. That was all about me not just wanting to elevate my influences, but actually to elevate my influence, to be something more than attend and observe, to be a contributor, not just a consumer. And I want to just spend the five minutes and 51 seconds I've got left. Don't look. (laughs) Just to drill into that. Because God's actually given every single one of us unique gifts, unique personalities, unique experiences, unique passions. And they're not just for you. God's grace is for us. God's gifts are for others. Though in using them, we get some benefit as well. Fulfillment, satisfaction. God's grace is for us. He's forgiven us, but it doesn't stop there. It's a comic. Jesus didn't just save you for you. Jesus saves us and then calls us to use what he's put in us. Some of you might already know what your gifts are and passions are and personality is and you've got a kind of a handle on why you've experienced some of what you've experienced and so you've actually taken next steps into using that. And I'm gonna talk specifically about Elevate Teams, although being used by God isn't limited to an Elevate Team. Understand that? However, it's one expression within the body that we can actually be used as a part of the body, marvelously functioning, as Paul wrote it. And some of you know that because, you know, some of you are like, man, I just love the idea of investing into kids. And so you walk in day one, say, where's the sign-up sheet? I want to join the kids team. Great. And we make that happen easy. Some of you, you, you've got a passion for music and you're good at it. I have a passion and I'm terrible at it. You have a passion and you're good at it. And so you apply and the music team gives you a little audition and, and you pass and you're like, man, fantastic. Or, or you love the media side or you, you love, fantastic. But not everyone has that. Not everyone has that. I know exactly what my passion is and I'm just gonna dive fully. Some are like, oh, I, don't, I, don't feel, I don't know. And I'm that way. I don't have a passion for any one, and I never have, for any one specific area of ministry within the church. My passion has always been for the church. So I kind of just turn up, well, this is the second church apart from the Catholic church that I've been in. So 50 years, I'm kind of, you know, averaging one church every 13.3 years. And I ain't leaving this one unless Jesus comes or I go. Good, yeah. <laughs> like some, damn. <laughs> uh, the church. So you say, well, I don't have a passion for one area, but you know what? I kind of like doing this kind of stuff. And we say, oh, yeah. Well, that's probably a bit more like your personality or, 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 your, or your, your sort of your experiences have kind of helped you zero in on that. And, and maybe you can take that passion for a particular kind of 
doing thing and apply it in, could be any one of a number of teams. Join that or join that or join that. And if that's the case, we can help you find your fit. The point is this. We are the body. Jesus hasn't called us to attend and observe. That there is a place for every single one of us, whether you're a toe or a thumb or a shoulder or whatever it is, and it's designed to be marvelously functioning. And God's church, His body, His kingdom grows and builds itself up in love as each part actually does its work. God's called us to reach people and build people. That happens when we take next steps towards functioning as the church. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, CEO of Apple, Tim Cook, gave a commencement address at a university in the U.S. called Tulane University. And in the address, he said, <laughs> he said, some of you have heard that if you get a job that you love, you'll never work a day in your life. That's wrong. <laughs> he said, no, you find a job that you love and you will want to work hard in it. Yet, the tools will feel light in your hand. I love that. It's the essence of finding your fit. We actually call the pathway that we've mapped out for joining a team, if it's not obvious to you which team you want to join, we talk about find your fit. That there's somewhere in, God, in, in Jesus' body for you that, that when you get into that, you'll want to work hard and you'll have a passion, but the tools that you use will feel light in your hand. And the impact that you have will be commensurate with your willingness to be used by God to work hard. These icons down the bottom, let me unpack them for you. Because again, you might not know what your spiritual gifts are. Well, maybe you know a bit of just like what spins your propellers. This green figure we call the social genius. And as the outstretched arms indicates, this type of person loves people. Now I know that's the point. Not every one of you loves people. Well, you love them, you don't just like them. I mean, that's some of you. I love them because Jesus said I should, but I don't really like them. Well, you're probably not a social genius, okay? So there's some teams we won't let you join. <laughs> but some teams you'll thrive in. The next one's a ninja. Ninja, we, we talk about them. They leave a trail. You don't know who they are, but they leave a trail of completion behind them. We know they exist because stuff's been done, but we don't know by whom or when. That's the ninja because the ninja do stuff and they don't want the credit for it. One of the obvious areas is our operations team. Stuff happens during the week and things get done and from Sunday to Sunday, it's like, oh, wow. I see the ninjas have been in. And, and, and that's what, I don't, they don't want any recognition. But then there's some of you, they'll be like, no, I like a bit of recognition. All right, well, probably you're not a ninja. This blue character is the mastermind. You love planning, strategizing, getting into meetings and saying, okay, what, is, what does the next three months look like? What does the next six months look like? What, is, what, 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 what could God have us do in five years? And if you're part of that, and you know, oh man, you're like, that would be amazing. 
The orange one's the fire starter. I'm getting to where that icon would never apply. I have no threat of my hair ever catching on fire again. This is not enough kindling anymore to get that party started. That's why I love you, Paul. I love you, man. I love you. Hair goals. <laughs> the fire starter, they're like, just throw me at anything and I will light that thing up. I will bring energy and passion. You're just like, I don't even care where it is. Just let me at it and I'll give it 110%. And if, even if it doesn't exist yet, you want to get something going? I'll bring my own matches. I'm good. And, and then the last one's the guardian. You're like, I love the idea of investing into people. I love the idea of coaching people. I love the idea of getting around people. And I say, if you, if you want to come against them, you have to go past me. And I'm going to coach them, and I'm going to nurture them, and I'm going to lead them. Well, all of those personality types are in, outlined in this brochure that we've created called Find Your Fit. None of them refer to a specific team. That's the point I'm making. So if you're like, well, I'm, not, I'm passionate about kids or youth or music, but I like, I like doing ninja stuff or I like doing social stuff. Yeah, great. If you're not yet part of a team, grab this brochure. This is, and this is not like Recruitment Sunday, you know, the, the second Sunday of the year. We have Recruitment Drive Sunday at Elevate Church, and we've got all our teams set up with booths and flags and, 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 and fairy floss. And we just, no, this is, this is elevate your influences as they come in and elevate your influence as it goes out. And there's a part of God's kingdom that you will fit in. And if you haven't taken that next step, take that next step. Before I tell you how, and this is the, the last thing I want to share with you, I, I need to apologize. I need to apologize on behalf of all of our Elevate teams. They're sorry. And the reason they're sorry is because they've been doing such a great job that some of you have assumed that, the, that there are some no vacancy signs in those teams. That even if you wanted to join, obviously everything's already been done and done at such a high level that there's no room for you. And so that's been the reason that some of you haven't taken the next step to join a team. So on behalf of our Elevate teams, we're sorry for, for always bringing our best. Of course, we're sorry, not sorry. Here's the thing. God wants us to become more as a church, to reach more people as a church, to build more people as a church. And we will find a place for you that's going to increase our capacity beyond where things are today. So all you need to do, grab this brochure. It's available at our front desk. The team there will hook you up. Grab our app or a next step card also at our front desk. Click the next step or check the box of the next step. And then one of our team leaders will get in touch with you and help you find your fit into the part that Jesus has for you in his body. Okay, I'm off to do some squats. It's a privilege to play our part in all that God is doing in and through you. To find out what your next step could be or to partner with us to reach more and more people by giving financially, head to our website elevatechurch.me and download our Elevate Church AU app. 
available wherever you download your apps.